We are in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Uh, first 10 chapters, we kind of have to just go through them, see what it says, and then we can talk about some of the topics. I imagine we may touch on some of them throughout, but the first 10 are taught a little bit differently than the rest. So follow along as I read, and then we'll pray. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For learning what wisdom and discipline are, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving wise instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man. A wise man will listen and increase his learning, and a discerning man will obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not reject your mother's teaching, for they will be a garland of grace on your head and a gold chain around your neck. Let's pray together. Father, once again, we thank you uh, for this opportunity to look into your word. We ask that as we do, you would open our eyes and our hearts to the things that you have for us. And give us wisdom as far as the application of the things that you're teaching us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, so verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon. Um, in uh, chapter 10, verse 1, and chapter 25, verse 1, we have the reiteration of this idea, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief to his mother. And 25, 1 these are also the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, uh, king of Judah, copied. So right off the bat, we, we shouldn't have too much difficulty with who wrote the Proverbs. He goes on to clarify who he is, the son of David. David. Now you'll notice I have in parentheses there, and Bathsheba. Uh, Solomon was a product of that union, notice letter A, after the death of the child that had been conceived in adultery, uh, David married Bathsheba, and then she conceived uh, Solomon, Second Samuel twelve twenty four. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in to her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him. So uh, this is the product of the union between David and Bathsheba. And then, of course, he finalizes that clarification, king of Israel. In 1 Chronicles uh, 22, 8-10, God promises that Solomon will be the next king after David. It says, But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name. Because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to you, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all of his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever." So uh, God promised that he would be. And then notice uh, letter B. He had to overcome a coup by his brother to become king. In 1 Kings uh, 1, 11 to 13, David hasn't died yet, but he's getting to that point. And uh, one of his sons says, Hey, this is a good time for me to take up the mantle and become king. 
So Nathan and Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, come to David saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king? And David, our Lord, does not know it. I'm sorry, I said Nathan spoke to Bathsheba. There we go. Uh, And David, our Lord, does not know it. Come, please, let me now give you advice, and you uh, may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, my Lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah become king? So in order for uh, Solomon to become king, he had to overcome that coup. He actually, if you remember the story, he let his brother live, and then his brother came along and asked for the Shulamite that had kept David warm in his old age, and he asked Bathsheba to make the petition for him, and Bathsheba came and said, hey, uh, you know, uh, we're not doing anything with that young lady anyway, so why not? And Solomon uh, said, Mom, you need to understand how these things work. If he were to marry that girl, he would have a claim on the throne because she was the concubine, in essence, of David. And this would be just a continuing problem. And finally, he had uh, Adonijah killed because whether or not he actually liked the Shulamite or he was thinking the way Solomon was thinking, it still came down to he was putting himself in a second time in a position where he might be trying to overthrow the government. (laughs) That uh, terminology sounds good sometimes. I don't know. All right, moving right along. The purpose of uh, Proverbs in in verses 2 and 3, he tells us that the purpose of the book is to know wisdom and instruction. Uh, I have several books on Proverbs, and so I'm going through them and seeing, okay, what, what information is good for us? And uh, most of them skip over chapter 1. We want to get to the topics. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be useful when the topics come, but uh, this one very old book. I think it was done by Newell. I can't remember his first name, but I I think it's Robert. But he also did a commentary on the book of Romans. And a lot of people uh, praise the work that he did. So uh, here's some of the things that he said. So to know wisdom and instruction. The word wisdom basically means skillfulness. It is used 37 times, and it's the ability to use knowledge rightly. So it's more than just knowing something. It's being able to use that knowledge in such a way that you have a good conclusion as far as God would be concerned. The word instruction is used 26 times, and it translates uh, in other places to chasten or chastening, and it basically means to teach by discipline. Huh. So um, once again, the, the trials that we go through that sometimes hurt. Uh, That's the idea there. And then, of course, the word for understanding, to perceive the words of understanding, uh, basically is the concept of discernment in chapter 2. On your notes, you'll see uh, the word to know is yada. Uh, This is uh, where, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, Yoda uh, gets his name. It means to know. 
And the idea is to know, to ascertain by seeing, including observation, care, recognition, instruction, designation, punishment, acknowledgement, acquaintance. This, this is uh, your knowing through intimacy with the, the process, uh, basically. The word for wisdom is chokma, uh, wisdom in a good sense, skillful wisdom, wisely, uh, wit, etc. And the word for instruction is mukar, chastisement, reproof. Uh, these are the definitions of the Hebrew words, but uh, gave you a little bit more there from uh, Robert Newell. Uh, number two there, to perceive the words of understanding. The word perceive is bayin, uh, to separate mentally, or if you will, to distinguish. Okay, And the words of understanding, the word understanding there, notice how close it is, bayna. So it's going to have the same root. It means understanding, knowledge, meaning, and wisdom. And then verse 3, to receive the instruction of, and he gives us four things to receive the instruction of. Number one, wisdom, then justice, then judgment, then equity. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of Robert Newell's stuff here. Um, The word wisdom here is to bereave or to miscarry. It conveys the idea of learning through unhappy experiences of others or oneself. In growing up, uh, nine kids in the family, uh, alcoholic fathers, and again, I only use the term because everybody knows what it means. Um, The kids uh, that grew up in that household under the same kind of experiences that I suffered uh, it was only the younger ones that really didn't go through that stuff. Uh, when I left home at 16, my sister finally started going through some of it. And, well, that caused problems to this day as far as our relationship goes. But one of the things that I could see is how my stepbrother, my half-sisters, they were messing up and they were doing things wrong that I really didn't want anything to do with. Now, I'm not saying that taught me that I shouldn't do it. But at least at that age when I was seeing them do it, I was sitting there saying, you know, that, uh, you know, it's obvious this is not a good thing, so I don't want to be doing that. And that's the idea here of learning from someone else's misery uh, or difficulty. The word justice uh, refers to conduct and basically is talking about right behavior. Judgment, these are basically decisions, the ability to try the things that differ And then equity refers to principles rather than conduct. So when we go back to the Hebrew words for wisdom, you have sakal, to be circumspect, uh, circumspect, intelligent, consider, expert, instruct, prosper, prudently, uh, etc. And so you can see to uh, be able to distinguish uh, or learn from experience. The word justice there is sedek, the right natural, moral, or legal, equity, prosperity, uh, justice, uh, righteous or unrighteous, uh, cause or causeness, causely. Uh, For judgment, we have mishpat, uh, a verdict, favorable or unfavorable, pronounced judicially, a sentence or formal decree, uh, human or participant's divine law. And then equity, meshar, uh, evenness, prosperity, or concord, also straightness, rectitude, uh, agreement, a right, 
uh, that are equal or equity. Now, uh, equity there refers to principles. Um, I don't know if you've seen the meme where three kids are at the baseball game and there's three boxes. And so one kid is this tall, one kid is this tall, and one kid is this tall. And uh, they have all three of them on one box. I, I mean, each one has their own box. So the fence, it comes to here on the tall guy, comes to here on the middle guy, and comes to here on the little guy. And uh, they say, that's equity. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, it is. Everybody's equal. But the reality is, is the big guy doesn't need a box. He can see over the fence without the box. So why don't you give it to the little guy so he's at the fence like this? Um, and the middle guy, he's got one. He's at the fence like this already. So they're all basically the same height. When the little guy has two boxes, the medium guy has one box. Uh, that's equal outcome. The other one is equal uh, process. So uh, that's the kind, kind of the idea that you're seeing in today's society where we want an equal outcome. Uh, this person doesn't have to work and they should get the same amount as the person that does work. Yeah, that, that's not uh, really kosher. Okay, in verse 4, to give prudence to the simple. Um, prudence to the simple. Uh, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. The word prudence is basically the concept of craftiness, uh, the ability to uh, see that in another person. Okay? Uh, for knowledge, to give the young man knowledge and discretion, knowledge is information of a sound character. We're not really interested in our young people uh, having uh, drag queens dance in front of them. That's knowledge, but it's not sound character. Okay? Um, discretion would be thoughtfulness, a characteristics that young people often lack but comes to the one that feeds on the Word of God. Uh, so again, this whole idea of being able to discern this would be good in this situation, it's not necessarily good in every situation. This would be good in that situation, so uh, to have discretion. Uh, so you see the uh, Hebrew words there, uh, trickery. Uh, for uh, prudence, uh, in the good sense, discretion, guile, prudence, subtlety, wily, and wisdom. And then the word for simple there is uh, pathi, or pathi, uh, means silly, seducible, foolish, simple, simplicity. Uh, you'll notice under uh, next to number four there, uh, Proverbs 9.4, which says, Whoever is simple... Let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, and it goes on. The concept of the simple is the person that is young and inexperienced in the issues of life. So uh, what do we expect from Cameron, who's four years old? Simplicity. You know, he, he's young and inexperienced. Don't ask him who he's going to marry. You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, he really doesn't have a clue. And even if he did like someone, what does he know? He's four. Uh, so that's the idea there in verse four to give prudence, or if you will, uh, craftiness to uh, the 
the simple. First five and six on the back of your uh, uh, page there. Uh, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Uh, the word for young man here is na'ar, a boy or girl from the age of infancy to adolescence. A servant, babe, boy, child, damsel, lad, servant. You get the idea. So basically you're talking about from being a baby until somewhere within their teenage years. Now there are different uh, Greek words that deal with the concept of children. And one might actually refer to the younger age group and then the other one would deal from the top of that age group to uh, the time that they're married. Children obey your parents. Do we expect infants to obey? Though they might be included in that concept, we're really expecting until they get to the point of marriage where they're going to go out and start their own family, uh, they ought to be in submission to their parents. So that's, that's kind of the idea here uh, from an infant up to youth group age. Uh, to give the young man knowledge and discretion, a different word for knowledge here, uh, da'ath, knowledge, cunning, uh, knowledge, uh, unawares or ignorance. Uh, so th- this is still the idea of gaining understanding or knowledge about things, but uh, you got that cunning in there. So that's going to bring in a little bit of that craftiness. Um, and then you have uh, the word for discretion, mazima, uh, a plan, usually evil, machination, sometimes good. Uh, it could be uh, described as a wicked device, uh, discretion, intent, witty, invention, lewdness, mischievousness. So to give to the young man knowledge and discretion, in this particular case, it's going to be something that is good, not the rest of it. But he might be able to see the rest of it as he's dealing with people. Because do, do, does the world have its evil plans? And if you're not aware of those evil plans, later we're going to see that uh, the simple go on uh, they don't see the warnings, and boom, it, it gets them. Uh, Robert Newell goes on to say, God wants us to have our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And again, discern basically means you're making a distinction, you're separating so that you can do something with that information. Obviously, in this particular case, the idea would be that the simple would uh, learn and do the good. Uh, so that brings us to letter C, the positive process of the Proverbs, verses 5 and 6. I guess uh, number 5 up there was actually verse 4b. In 5, we have a wise man will hear and increase his learning. Uh, the word for uh, hear is shema. You might remember in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, Shema Israel. Uh, the Lord your God is one Lord. Listen, hear. So this is to hear intelligently, often with the implication of attention and obedience. Um, let me see. Yeah, God wants us to have our senses exercised. Yeah, I already said that. Uh, so the word for uh, increase learning, increase is yakaf, uh, to add or augment, to continue to do a thing. And the learning here is lakak, um, something received, instruction, doctrine, learning, fair speech. 
So a wise person is going to be listening for the purpose of taking that knowledge, putting it into practice, and uh, that's a good thing. Verse 6, a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. That's actually verse 5b. Uh, Notice the word for understanding is buy-in. We've already looked at that word. Uh, Will attain wise counsel. The word attain there is kana, to erect, create, to procure, by purchase, to sell, to own, to attain. Notice, a man of understanding is going to make something his. In this particular case, wise counsel. It's going to be his to uh, be able to use. And then uh, the word for wise counsel is takbula, steerage, as a management of ropes, guidance, or plan, Good advice, counsel. Now, the, the uh, when I saw the as a management of ropes, the first thing I thought of was uh, a puppet. You know, <laughs> uh, well, if you're getting wise counsel, then basically you're doing what the counselor has given you to do, and it might look like he has uh, ropes on you, but uh, if it's wise counsel, you would do it uh, of your own free choice. And then verse 6, we have to understand a proverb, an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. So in verse 6, Robert Newell says, Dark sayings become luminous to the one who studies God's word. Which is pretty good. When we get down here to the latter part of verse 6, uh, the words of the wise and their riddles, that's the idea of the dark saying. So, to understand a proverb, the word proverb there is mashal, a pithy maxim, usually a metaphorical nature, hence a simile, byword-like parable proverb. And an enigma, malitsa, I guess. <laughs> an aphorism, a satire, interpretation, taunting, uh, so again, the idea is when people tell stories, you're going to be able to understand those, uh, what, they're, what they're trying to get across. The words of the wise and the riddles. The word for wise here is shakam, another word, again, entirely, but it still means wise, intelligent, skillful, or artful, cunning man, subtle, uh, wise-hearted man. And then uh, their riddles, this is the dark sayings, the chaida, a puzzle, a trick, a conundrum, dark sayings, hard questions, proverb or riddle. Uh, most of you here are old enough to have watched the old Adam West Batman. And then the Riddler came along. You remember him? And it's kind of like some riddles are relatively easy to understand, and then others is kind of like, how do you even come up with that idea? <laughs> and of course, uh, Batman's been remade so many times. The Riddler uh, had to be remade also. So um, let me see. Tommy Lee, he was Two-Face. Oh, Jim Carrey was the Riddler. So that was some weird stuff back in the day. All right. uh, That brings us to uh, verse 7. The beginning or the end? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's why I said, or the end. 
Okay, uh, so we start out with the fear of the Lord. Uh, there is no true knowledge without the fear of the Lord. In Romans, uh, oh, I didn't didn't write that down. Shame on me. <laughs> well, you can look up uh, Romans one twenty two, uh, where uh, oh, that's right. It says they pro, uh, professing proclaiming themselves to be wise, they became fools. Why? Because they didn't honor God. They didn't give him his rightful place. They didn't have a fear of the Lord. Uh, so a couple of verses that go along with this. In uh, Job twenty-eight twenty-eight, it says, To the man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Psalm one eleven ten: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments His praise endures forever. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And Ecclesiastes 12.13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. So that's the best thing you can do, basically, is what he's saying. So the word for fear there is yirah. It's a... Similar to, let me see, Uh, well, I'm not seeing it. I know it's up here. Let me try again on this side. Banner, ah, right there, provider. Jehovah Jireh. Uh, Well, the J is there because uh, the Germans don't do the Y thing. Uh, So uh, instead of Yahweh, it's Jehovah and so they go Jireh, and in Hebrew it's going to be Yireh. Okay, so, um, but notice here fear, morally reverence, or fearfulness. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, the word for beginning there is Reshith, uh, the first in place, time, order, or rank beginning, etc., principal thing. It's where it all starts. And uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The word for knowledge there is da'ath. We saw that at the top of the page. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The f- a word for fool there, you know, if you look at it quickly, what does it look like? Look at it quickly. Don't, don't, evil. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Uh, you've got the little comma there, which is uh, probably a yod, I guess, and then evil uh, with a y in there. It basically means silly, fool, foolish man, and then uh, the fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word for despise there is booze, uh, to disrespect, to hold in contempt, to despise. Uh, that's basically the idea there. So... Letter E, the introductory exhortation found in verses 8 and 9. Well, verse 8 and verse 9 will be the result of listening to that exhortation. In verse 8 it says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. So, who is the recipient of the exhortation? My son. Solomon talking to Rehoboam. Any dad talking to his son. Um, The positive side, hear the instruction of your father. Now, in my family, for the most part, that was relatively easy. Because when I got upset, I yelled a lot. 
Does that mean they heard? It means they were able to audibly understand that something was being said. Did I do what the Scripture teaches as far as causing them to learn? Uh, didn't always get that part right. Because after you yell enough, your kids tune it out, the eyes glaze over, that kind of a thing. So uh, he, he's requesting of his son that he would hear the instruction of his father. Uh, why? Does dad really know more than their child? Should. We're not talking about math. Okay? Uh, Travis is a police officer in Fairview Heights. He's got his high school education. He's done a little bit of extra education at SWIC and stuff like that. Uh, Dylan just went through algebra. He didn't have any problem with it, which is always good because then, of course, if you have a problem with it, you got to call on one of your parents. And I know Rachel didn't like uh, algebra. Uh, Lynn didn't like algebra. I had to teach algebra to my kids when we were homeschooling, and I was amazed at how much of it came back as soon as I started saying things. Kind of like, whew, I'm glad I remembered that stuff. Um, but uh, the reality is, is I don't know what uh, Travis's background in algebra is, and thankfully Dylan got right through it. The reality is, though, when you're 40-ish, You've experienced enough of life that you can give good counsel and direction, if you've learned some stuff yourself, to a kid who's coming into that time of life when he really needs counsel and direction. Um, he, they went out to the lake with uh, Sam's parents, Daniel's wife, her parents. They got a boat and they went tubing and all that. Kids are out there with them. And then Travis and Rachel came home left the kids out there with Daniel. Not a bad thing. Dylan got to shadow uh, Sam's dad. He's a large animal vet. So he got to go with him throughout uh, five days, I guess, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, watch him put down a horse, uh, amputate a leg off of a kitten, uh, put down a baby goat, uh, a couple of things like that. And he, he's still a pretty tender soul, but he's also thinking about becoming a veterinarian. So he was uh, doing that uh, because of interest. But it's, it's one of those things where I'll bet Ronnie has a whole lot more to share than just, here, let me show you the glove that we stick on our arm as we have to reach in and check some things out on the inside. That was one of the remarks that uh, Dylan made. It was kind of like, I can't believe how many times he... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ronnie being a born-again believer, having experienced a little bit of life, I imagine the next time they get out there and he shadows them again, uh, hopefully the conversations go certain directions. Why? Because he needs that input, that counsel. And so that's the positive side. Uh, listen to the instruction of your father. Why? Because dad can probably save you a lot of heartache in the long run. And then it goes on to say the negative side, do not forsake the law of your mother. Um, notice in Ephesians 6, 1 and Colossians 3, 20, uh, both time it refers to obeying your parents as the command with promise. And of course, that promise is long life. How many young people have died behind the wheel because they did something foolish 
like be involved in texting as though their parents never told them, don't do that. Now, I'm sure there are parents out there that may not have ever told their kids that. But most of the time, parents are saying, you're not to be on your phone when you're in the car. Why? Distraction. And how long do you have to be distracted before? Boom. Doesn't take any time at all. So uh, it's a command with promise. Uh, Notice, permissive parenting is not parenting. And it is proved by its results. Proverbs 20.11, even a child is known by what he does, whether it is good and whether it is right. Um, Remember when we were on uh, deputation, we were in a church in Missouri, and uh, we had come up from Arkansas. We had been at a youth conference down in Arkansas, and we had come up from Arkansas into Missouri, and we arrived at this church after being on the road for four hours. And here we have five kids, three, uh, six, eight, ten, twelve. And uh, let's just say the six-year-old, Joseph, um, after being on the road for four hours, he was a little wiry. And so here we are doing special music before our presentation, and he's chewing on some gum, and he's kind of bouncing around. It's kind of like I reached down, grabbed his shoulder, and squoze just a little bit. Let him know, I see what's going on, and you need to stop it. Um, principles that mom had laid down, uh, there's, there's no acting up. Dad, of course, backed those things up. Uh, the pastor and his wife sat down with us afterwards and told us that the church could not support us, and they would be sending a notification to the mission agency. And the reason why they couldn't support us is we didn't have our kids under control. Absolutely no understanding of the passage nor what it's like to be on the road with kids for four hours. Uh, And again, fine, uh, God worked all those details out. But um, in the passages where it says he needs to manage his own house well, um, his kids aren't to be given to dissipation. Uh, Anybody know what that means? Excess, drunkenness, rebellion. He was six years old. Squeezing his shoulder was enough to stop. Was he being rebellious or given to excess? <laughs> yeah, one of those things that uh, you kind of have to think about a little bit. But uh, don't forsake the, the law of your mother. The things that, uh, you know, mom has a closer relationship with kids than dad does normally because mom is normally going to be at home with the kids where dad would be going out and working. And so she's going to be doing a lot of the training. Dad obviously is uh, supposed to be the head of the family, going to be backing up what's said and stuff like that. But uh, they really need to be listening to mom because mom is going to be caring for them as she teaches. So hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. And here's the result of listening to the exhortation. They will be a a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. What on earth does that mean? And if you're a boy, does that mean you're wearing a tiara and necklaces? Excuse me. I think the idea here is if you will listen to the instruction of your father and not forsake the law of your mother, it is going to be something that is noticeable 
in the young person. People are going to see it. Well, I'll give you an example, and this is not bragging on me. Um, Sam's mom and dad, dad is the large animal vet. Her grandmother and her mom own an aluminum foundry, I guess, and they're the only female-owned aluminum foundry in the United States. And because in order to get government funding and stuff like that, you have to work with minorities. And so they, they do all right financially with this little foundry business. Uh, Anne's, Anne, which is Samantha's grandmother, she's married to Ed. And uh, Ed is a lawyer. Being a lawyer for lots of years, he knows everybody in the Pleasant Hill, Lee Summit area, you might say. And he's dealt with an awful lot of family situations over the years. Ed and Ann come up to us and say, those three boys, they are well behaved. They are respectful. Their parents have done a good job. Now I'm talking about Rachel and Travis. What do we know about Rachel and Travis? I remember telling Rachel if she wanted to play the game that she was playing one night, the next time she came home at that time of uh, uh, that hour of the morning, uh, her stuff would be on the, uh, yeah, on the curve. Um, Rachel wasn't rebellious. She did some foolish things, as young people would do. Travis, oh, man, he's got his issues. Now, those issues have been worked out in the sense that he's living beyond what those issues could have done to him. But he definitely has some things that he's still working on. And uh, to hear that from them, they're good parents. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, it's noticeable in the way they talk to the adults, uh, in the way that they help out around the house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Now, as grandparents looking in from the outside, of course, we sit there and say, of course, until they're at our house for a little while and start beating each other up and it's kind of like, (laughs) but uh, it it is, as we see here, if the kid will listen to verse eight, verse nine, it'll be noticeable in their lives. So from here on out, we're basically going to be looking at some of the lessons that dad's trying to teach uh, his son. And uh, we will deal with some of the topics as we go. Uh, but that is verses 1, 1 to 9. Any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to be noticeable. People are going to see the difference that it makes in their life. Now, they may give the compliment. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I just, uh, a graceful ornament on your head. Um, you, you could think about rewards in heaven and stuff like that. Obviously, that may also be true, but I think the idea is the kid is living in this world and people are seeing uh, that uh, they've listened to their moms and dads. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, with the big, the necklace, yeah. Uh, showing that he was rewarded greatly by the king. And of course, Daniel said, hey, you can keep all that stuff. <laughs> At that time of his life, probably uh, 85-ish, um, not really uh, caught up in all that. 
But when you go back to when they first got there and they didn't want to eat the king's meat, uh, they made an appeal. They gave it a trial period of time. Obviously, they spent some time praying about it. Uh, but they, everyone could see that these boys, there was something about them that was different than some of the others. Now, where did some of the others come from? The same place as Daniel and his three buddies. They came from the higher class families of Israel, and yet they gave in, where Daniel and his three buddies didn't. So uh, it was noticeable. All right, well, let's close in prayer. And since I uh, got you out a little bit later today, uh, we'll get you out a little bit earlier tonight. How's that sound? (laughs) Uh, Father, we thank you for um, your word. We recognize as we embark on this study that uh, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of topics. We pray, Lord, that as we look at these things, we might be able to uh, categorize them, understand it a little bit better, and uh, see how it applies in our day-to-day living. We do ask, Lord, that you would develop within us uh, good judgment, uh, discretion, uh, equity, and uh, that we would live in such a way that people would see uh, the difference that you make in a person's life. In uh, the name of your Son, amen.